Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Couldn't they have picked a better clip than that one of me singing, City Limits? There's a bunch of clips of you singing. That one hurts. I mean, I'm not really singing in that one. I may have been singing to Ron. That's a private moment that I think Horse <laughs> clipped off against my will. Should I sue him? Horse. Horse or Folsey. One of those guys did that against my will. No, they're off to other things. I'll tell you that right now. It's wonderful to have you today. Good to be with you. Never really know who's coming in. Could be you. Could be Fort Myers. Could be Nelly. <laughs> Nelly was in on Monday. And uh, text in the city went off the rails. Oh, did you happen I heard to it. catch that? Oh, I did. Yeah, right before I was on with Donnie. And uh, he did not get the notion of anonymous texts not being a part of text in the city or questions. Yeah, it was. Uh, there's a lot of rules for text in the city. It was very. Well, really, there's not. That's the whole thing. There's one rule. You read the guy or the person who sends in the text and then you read their text. That That's the whole point. There, there are very few rules. There's one rule. You long, read the text. As long as they put a name on their text. Yes, and we'll we'll emphasize that today. Did I say it was J.P. Roofing and Siding that brings us off the top? Off the top. And that we have Mark Cabali at noon. And did you tell me that Gourmet the Owl is in? He is, 1 o'clock. I haven't spoken to him in, uh, it feels like, decades. He's a great man. Another man who's been freed here now that, uh, well, frankly, now that Ron is gone. I think I got vibes about Ron about either, you know, people from maybe the competing newspaper, whatever, I would get vibes from Ron. Nothing necessarily that he said, but the vibes were very clear. The, it was Ron's gruff vibe. Do you remember that one? Yes, I City do. City Limits? He'd give you a little look or a he little... Didn't, ah. it, it was like a dad. It was like a dad. All they had to do was give you a look, and you knew not to do that. Don't disappoint your dad. That bad. Dad said so, right? One look from Ron... And I knew that maybe Gourmet the Owl wasn't the best idea to come on. Kevin Gorman talking I like Gorman. Yeah. He grew up a couple of streets over from me. Is he a Baldwin legend? He is. The Owl? He is, yeah. Was then, Gourmet the Owl the name of a cartoon character? I or, have no idea. I looked yeah. it up the other day and couldn't find it. And yeah. Maybe I just didn't do enough research. That was a nickname I bestowed upon him years ago. Next thing I knew, everybody's calling him Owl. Just I'll like, have to start calling him that. Just yes, when he. Hi, <laughs> Gourmet the Owl. Just Al. Just call him when he calls. Pick up the phone at one o'clock and say hello, Al. Will he give me one of those sighs like Ron? Uh, he might. Yeah, <sighs> he might not like that. Although I think it's growing on him. Yeah, we'll find out. So why don't we open as we do on Wednesdays with a little six-pack city limits? Because as it turns out, the top two topics here are very, very newsy in my not so humble opinion. I feel bad because there's a man named Buddy in here, and he was trying to put a sign up in the studio and using a power drill right before 
<laughs> right before the show, and I became slightly perturbed because uh, there's a little bit of scrambling here at the right. last minute. Buddy's a very nice man. His name is Buddy for a reason. He is. He's got a great He's smile. immediately your buddy, and that's very nice of him. And I said at the first break, you can bring in a power drill. You can break cement. You can do whatever you want to do. But I got to get through this six-pack. In fact, we'll offer Buddy one, won't we, City Limit? Yes, we will. Why don't you crack one? That sounds good. So I heard this on the afternoon show yesterday. I should have read the story, but I didn't. It was Rob Rossi in The Athletic talking to Sid about the Gensel situation. And Rossi joined the guys yesterday, and it was his opinion, but also his reporting, his interview with Sid, which gives Rossi the distinct impression that while Sid was pretty adamant that he wanted to go out with his guys, meaning Gino and Latang, that maybe he's not nearly as firm about Gensel, and also that if the Penguins wanted to launch a rebuild, he might not be going anywhere. Like, he's done everything he needs to do here. But let's hear uh, a little clip of Rossi uh, with the PM guys yesterday about his interview with Sid regarding Gensel. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's blessing trading Gensel. I think he is speaking very candidly when I asked him about this, how this is different than the Malkin and Latang situation. And you know, it clearly he, is. He says, right? I mean, it's yeah, different. And he, you know, yeah, he says, you know, you know, I asked him how often he really does get involved. He, he says he, you know, doesn't really. And I know this to be true from talking to other guys. If there's like a personal matter or a team issue, he'll, he'll speak to the GM. But it, it isn't something he typically does. And, you know, I asked him directly how the Gensel thing differs from the situation with the, you know, the other big three. And, you know, the quote I'll read it to you is the fact that we played this long together and we've made all this commitment to be here. I didn't think it was something where you had to sit down and analyze too much. Um, but then when I asked him directly, if the against anything with Gensel between now and the deadline or after would change his commitment to Pittsburgh. And I, that's exactly the way I asked it. His first was no. And, you know, he says it's a decision for both sides, meaning Gensel and um, Dubis, but, you know, it doesn't affect how I view things. And I, I took that – look, Sid's a very smart guy. He knows, he knows how I operate. I took that as Sid seizing the opportunity to sort of quell any fires that out, might be out there that, hey, if the Penguins start doing something drastic, I don't want to be part of it. Uh, I've, I have thought, guys, that he's in this for the long haul no matter what. Uh, based off what he's told me and what others have told me, I think this is his way of saying it. Wow. That's what I have to say to that, City Limits. A lot and, there. And, now, listen, if Sidney Crosby went on the record and said, I don't want us to trade Jake Gensel, that kind of puts a puts a little bit of a squelch on the old uh, market for Jake Gensel, doesn't it? Yeah, it closes the box. But this was very interesting to me that, what Rossi is gleaning from that conversation is everybody's wondering. I've said it a million times on the show lately that if you're Dubas, if you're Fenway Sports Group, you have to consider what launching a massive rebuild would do to your ability to keep Sidney Crosby in a Penguins uniform for the rest of his career. Because I don't care what anybody says. Not that many people would disagree with the idea that they would love that. That's a that's a necessity, I think. You almost have to do that, right? Yeah, just like Mario. I mean, there's and no as, way. Yeah, and as long as Sid is here, I think it. the idea was it's an incumbent upon you to try to win now. Well, maybe not. 
maybe they could launch a massive rebuild or a partial rebuild. And it sounds like, at least according to Rossi, that Sid would be okay with that. And he thinks that that's the message that Sid is putting out there. I'm heartened and happy to hear that. He sounds 100% committed to the team no matter what happens, that he's going to play his final days in Pittsburgh and ride off into the sunset no matter what the instance is. Yeah, now he wants his other guys with him. Yes. That's very clear. He wants Malkin and Latang. But everybody else is fair game. He's not publicly going to the mat for Gensel. That's, I guess that's the, the other bit of news here, the combined bit of news. A little bit surprising. Thank you, City Limits. You're welcome, uh, Joe. That was wonderful. Uh, please crack one. How about this little nugget as news item number two? Could have easily been news item number one. Chad Johnson, the artist formerly known as Chad Ochocinco, who incidentally hugged Ron Cook in the Bengals' locker room once and also interacted with me at an Applebee's in Georgetown, Kentucky, where the Bengals had training camp. Uh, That's beside the point. Says that a little birdie tells him, and I said this many shows ago. What show was this on, City Limits? Now I can't find it. Can you find it? I can try. So I give credit where credit is due. Just Google Chad, Birdie, and Russell Wilson. He says, a little birdie told me, and I said this many shows ago, Russell Wilson's coming on over to the Steelers. You have the sound for this? Would you like to hear it? You're like Radar O'Reilly from MASH. You get things before I even think of them. Thank you're, you to the PM team. You're a, <laughs> you're a miracle worker. Yes. What, what what podcast is it? Do we know? Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that later. Let's hear the sound. We got to work on the Steelers. Now, a little birdie told me, and I said this many shows ago, if Russell Wilson coming on over there to the Steelers, Cleveland has Deshaun, well, the AFC going to be hell. I think right now I saw drafting <laughs> the betting favorite is Justin Fields to end up in Pittsburgh. No, he's going to Atlanta. I, I, I always I got, said I, I got thought this, he would be I got Michael the Vick too. Wowza. Thank you, NFL insider Chad Johnson. Well, here's the thing. The state of, of sports, quote, media nowadays, players are just as liable to break stories as anybody else. Uh, yeah, that's fair. When will Jason and Travis Kelsey start breaking news on their podcast? Don't they already? I'm, 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 I believe him. No, I don't. Do I believe him? Do you believe him? I don't know what to I believe hope, at this point. I hope that he's telling the truth. That's a better way to phrase it. I hope he's telling the truth. Russell Wilson gets shredded here on all our shows everywhere in town. What's wrong with Russell Wilson on uh, for nothing? You can get him for the vet minimum. That's the only appealing thing for me is that you're paying him absolutely nothing. Well, how's this for appealing, City Limits? Russell Wilson won some games this year while his own organization wanted him out. Now, there's this belief that players hate him. I think they did. I think he came in high on his horse, pun intended, in Denver, uh, and, and he turned people off the first year. But you notice this year, I think he buckled down, and I think when the organization threatened him that they were going to cut him, if he didn't make a change to his contract, uh, players stuck up for him on social media, like vehemently stuck up for him in that battle. So with his own organization working against him, Russell Wilson beat in order, in order this season, Cleveland, Minnesota, at Buffalo, Kansas City, and Green Bay. That was reverse order. It started with Green Bay, Kansas City, at Buffalo, Minnesota, Cleveland. That's a pretty good little run, and Russell Wilson had nine touchdowns and zero interceptions in that in, in those games. He had seven 
or eight multi-touchdown games. I mean, he's Dan Marino compared to what Pickett was delivering. Guess how many games he had with a passer rating over 100 city limits? Wrong. He had eight games with a passer rating over 100. What's wrong with this guy? He's 30, what, 35, just turned 35. Again, with his own organization working against him, he beat good teams and at times played really well. Did you watch the game in Buffalo? I think yeah, it was a it was great. Thursday night game, maybe Sunday night game. He was 24 of 29 for a buck 93, two touchdowns, no picks, 117.4 rating, and he ran for 30 yards and a bunch of first downs and kept plays alive against a good defense back when it was healthy. I don't understand. We can disagree who's the best guy of all these people mentioned, and Jimmy G's the latest one who's mentioned. But the idea that 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 Russell Wilson is to be summarily dismissed as a horrible idea and a joke. What are people talking about? Do you see what they already have here? I'd love to see Russell Wilson here. And he got got benched for what Jared Stidham for the last two games because they didn't want him to get hurt and have to pay him, what, $45, $50 million. Yeah. I told you about my friend Glenn Stidham from Buffalo. He was seven feet tall and he didn't want to play basketball, even though everybody wanted him to play. And the last time I saw him, he was picking berries off a tree on Main Street in Buffalo. He could have been Taco Fall or Bowl Bowl or Minute Bowl. He could have been. But that's beside the point as well. Next. Was it just me or did the Penguins sound strangely satisfied and pleased with their game last night? I mean, this has become Alice in Wonderland stuff. We're all in, is it the looking glass where everything is, is distorted? What the hell is going on here? The Hall of Mirrors? Yes. They had a mediocre team come in here with the worst penalty kill in the league. They were giving up chances left and right, which I actually like. For a lot of the game, I liked this. I'm good with 4-4-5-5-6-6-7-6. There's this, there's this misguided idea that you want to you wanna increase the ability to win by playing close, low-scoring games, to which I ask, What's the difference between a close, low-scoring game and a close, high-scoring game? None. The knock against high-scoring games all oh, becomes a crapshoot. You know, everybody's scoring. You, you know, you win or lose, you can't guarantee anything there. The Penguins lead the NHL in one-goal losses, most of them low-scoring. Isn't it 19 now? I don't know. But Crowley thank you, had a, City Limits. Crowley had a good stat yesterday. It was 18 games that they have lost by either one goal or two goals where the second goal was an empty netter. Well, I question Crowley's stats. They've been wrong before, but he is very, very on top <laughs> the, of the things. The Global Research Bureau. No, he is. Is that Does he have his own research bureau? Of himself, him, himself, and I. I think he does. He's it, That's a good one right there is 18 one-goal losses. So tell me the difference in, in risk between you're protecting a one nothing lead and you're protecting whatever, a 6-5 lead. Well, there is no difference. The same concept. There is no difference. I would rather see, as we spent half the show yesterday, seeing the Penguins, you know, indulge in their DNA, take way more chances, activate Latang and Carlson, and go for freaking broke. That's what I want to see. Could it be worse? I don't think so. So they lost 5-4. At least they scored some goals. At least Carlson, you know, he scored for both teams, basically, but at least he was sort of on his horse a little more. What was the word that Colby Armstrong used? Oh, yes. I was listening to him last night. Uh, Carlson went rogue on that play. I think it was, well, it was the goal for the Penguins. He went rogue on two of them, one for the other guys. But the one for the Penguins, 
carrying the puck down the wall. That creates chaos on the other side. The Penguins are so paranoid about giving up odd man breaks, and they give them up anyway. So forget it. Try to score. Go for broke. Play offense. Some Take of the, your chances in 5-4 games, okay? The key factors when the teams were so good in 16-17, it was the Trevor Daly's, Brian Dumoulin's pinching along the wall, right. keeping pucks in, yes. and continuing play in the offensive zone, and right. it's just not as efficient Pinch more, year. jump in more, but pinching you do without the puck. I want to see, see Latang and Carlson head down the boards. Take chances. Get deep in the offensive zone, lugging the puck themselves. That's what I want to see. And then Sully after the game, do we have that clip? City limits? But having said all that, having said I kind of like the tenor of the game, they still lost. They still gave up ridiculous chances. I disagree with Josh Yoey. Nadelkovich, I thought, was, was amazing for a lot of the game. Yeah, he probably wants the last goal back, but you know who else wants it back is Sid and Tanger, who let a guy walk in to within like 20 feet of the goal for a clear and wide open shot. Yeah, no doubt. In overtime. And Sully must want it back, too. He starts his third line on the overtime. I like Lars Eller as much as the next guy. Nice little hockey player. Good leader. I don't want him on the power play, and I don't want him starting overtime. Him and Invisible his, Riley his mis- Smith. His <laughs> invisible Riley Smith. His mistake the other night on the power play led directly to a shorthanded goal. And then last night, he's starting in overtime? Lars Eller? I'd rather have Carl Eller starting in overtime. Do we have the Carl Eller pork rinds quote somewhere? We have the Mike Sullivan clip. Anyway, play. So what are you doing, Sully? You have stars. It's still high-end stars. Malkin had a great third period, never saw the ice in overtime. Sid barely saw the ice. Come on. We're starting these guys? And then after the game, eh, they just suffered a gut punch, soul-crushing, eyebrow-ripping-off loss to a team they're, they're still chasing, by the way. And this was Sully. Well, it's a tough one. It's disappointing because I thought our team competed really hard. You know, I thought, uh, you know, some of the in some of the ebbs and flows of the game, certain things didn't go our way. Um, a couple of the goals were um, fluky, and I just thought our guys kept they kept competing. So, from that standpoint, I I thought there was a lot to like about about our team game tonight. I thought our guys had an inspired effort. So, um, A lot to like in an inspired effort, and the other guys got fluky goals. What about, what about the Penguin goal that went off a defenseman's skate on the Islanders? Uh, I, uh, like I said, this is looking glass stuff. It, is that what they had in Alice in Wonderland? City Limits, did yeah, you read that as a child? I saw the movie. What was your? You did? There was a video game, too. I used to play Alice in Wonderland when I was like 10 years old. What was your favorite childhood book? Mine was Oh, The Places You'll Go by Dr. Seuss. Little did I know, one of the places I would go to was a radio studio with Ron Cook for six years. <laughs> I liked, yeah, those books were good, too. I liked when I read in eighth grade To Kill a Mockingbird, <laughs> which is not a childhood <laughs> book. I'm talking as a, as a little kid when you started learning to read. What What's the one with the uh, the uh, moon? Good Night Moon? Good Night Moon. Yeah, yeah that was a good one, Somebody too. read that to a little city limits. He turned out to be a nice man. I like the the ones with the uh, the cookies. What the hell? What the, what is that called? One of the do- the Dr. Seuss book with the cookies. With cookies? I don't know. What kind of cookies? I can't remember. Yeah, there was one uh, Dr. Seuss where it was a bunch of um, things in like a tree. Anyway, let's move on. Next. Limits? Do you have the six-pack in your hand? Crack one. Limits? There we go. 
Made me wait for that one. All right, story by Stephen Nesbitt, Ken Rosenthal uh, at The Athletic on the Pirates. Some interesting reporting here, but not really anything new that, that I could see. I mean, how often do we talk about the Pirates needing to spend more? That seems to be a fairly common topic. Uh, we talk about it all the time. More importantly, they need to draft and develop better. I read to you the other day their first-round picks and the disaster therein. I can do that again if you'd like city limits. Uh, you, this is not how you rebuild a franchise by drafting. And I'm going back uh, before, let's see here, let's go back before Hank Davis. And the jury is still out on that one. Uh, we're, we're three years in here. We don't even know what position he plays. Uh, before that, Nick Gonzalez, hmm. Quinn Priester, Travis Swaggerty, Shane Boz, Wrong Way Craig, and then you got to go back basically to Key Brian Hayes. No, he was what he was the 45th pick. So before that, Kevin Newman, a first round pick, Cole Tucker, Reese McGuire, Austin Meadows, who had good years elsewhere but not here. I mean, that's not a secret either. They have to draft and develop better. Uh, and for all the money they've invested in Latin America, precious little return. There was some interesting stuff in here about players going to various uh, instructors, not on the major league level, but that was already known too. Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette reported last year that Key Brian Hayes went to his old hitting instructor who was, I think, what is he, a double-A at the time? John Nunnally, and got help. I actually asked Shelty about that after, after Mackey put a story out in August that said help from a surprising place has spurred Key Brian Hayes' impressive resurgence. <laughs> it was because he went back to the minors to his old guy, Nunnally. And I don't know that Shelty loved the question at the time, but, but this is all stuff that's been out there and is out there. And listen, the bottom line is when, when, by any means necessary, win. And as Bob Nutting and everybody with the Pirates back then, that regime, Neil Huntington, Frank Coonley, as they learned in 2013, 14, 15, that when you win, all those stories disappear out into the ether. They're all gone, those stories. You know what they're replaced with? Positive stories. Because the truest cliche in the history of sports is that winning cures all. Is there a way to win with their payroll? Yeah, of course there is. Tampa Bay does it every year. The Orioles did it last year. They draft and develop. Great. And now they've made some supplementary big moves. Yeah, there's a way to do it. Win. Pit Wake Forest. Oh, my God. Disaster. Oh, my God. I have new headphones here, City Limits, and I put those on for the second half and was listening to happy music while I was watching that debacle unfold. That was a that was a kicking of the highest degree. Just when Hinson doesn't shoot well, it seems like they're doomed, does it not? Not necessarily doomed to 30-point losses, but doomed nonetheless. That was, well, it was impossible to watch by the end, and I turned it off. It also doesn't help when Wake Forest makes 61% of their shots and Pitt makes 29. That's the thing. 10 yes. threes for Wake Forest on 20 attempts, 50%. So now we have a situation where Pitt really 
needs to win at Clemson, period. They have to win at Clemson. And I think if they don't, and and they also can't stumble against anybody else, if that doesn't happen, then I think they may need to win the ACC tournament. I'm going to check in with the Noah Constrictor on that, Noah Hiles. But that was, you know, if you're in that committee room trying to decide things, it's like, oh, yeah, did you see the 90-point loss to Wake Forest there near the end of the season? Yeah, I'd agree with that. And the Syracuse losses from earlier this year in Missouri, that's not a good loss. And they've been earlier on in the year, and Pitt's had a great run, and they're on notice right now by the committee. But if they do not win out, they got to go to the ACC championship game at least and then try to beat Duke, who they've already beaten, Virginia or Carolina. And I cursed them. And I cursed myself. It's called the columnist curse. It's happened to me many times. As soon as I write something complimentary, they fall flat on their faces, whoever they may be. Penguins, Pirates, Steelers, Pitt. And as soon as I write something where I'm ripping somebody, well, then they take off on like, you know, Mike Tomlin two years ago on a seven-game winning, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's the curse. It's the, it's the curse of the savvy old news sound. I wrote yesterday that Jeff Capel did the best coaching job in Pittsburgh last year and is on his way to doing it again. And that this Pitt team, while they probably would lose a lot of times to those old Howland Dixon teams, actually have a better chance of advancing in the tournament, if that makes any sense, because they have more shot makers. And then they go out and shoot. What did they shoot? 29%? 29. Thanks a lot. All right, Limits. That should do it for a six-pack. Did you enjoy that? I did. Always great to start. Let's go back to the Rossi-Gensel situation. And let's hear more from Rob Rossi's appearance here and also whether it, it sparks in you thoughts of, wait a second, what if Sid was okay with a massive rebuild? Like, what if he's, you know, grateful that they've kept the band together and as long as he's with Gino and Latang? no matter what happens, he'll be okay type of thing and wants that part of his legacy to end in Pittsburgh? What about at least a partial rebuild? Kyle Dubas talks today at 2 p.m. That's going to be mighty interesting. Or not, but he's going to have the opportunity to say some very interesting things. All of this ahead and the big boy, Mark Caballi coming in. Buddy can get back to work drilling the wall here. This is very exciting. A lot of things happening at the fan today. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. Hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, providing trusted plumbing and HVAC service for over 50 years. And the text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder & Associates, personal injury law firm where they always say, there's never a fee unless we get money for you. All right, let's talk NBA with FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge. America's number one sportsbook because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. Did you get all the rejoins I sent today, the musical interludes we're going to have today, uh, City Limits? I did, yes. I um, got to reset the computer. It froze. We'll have yeah, them well, coming up next. There's no, that, that's because of Buddy's drilling. Probably. I think that happened. Uh, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets, as I said, with any winning $5 bet. $150 if your bet wins. Quick bets, live same-game parlays exclusive props, all of that. I'm very excited tomorrow night for Warriors-Lakers, another LeBron-Curry duel with both guys well-rested. Go over, fanduel.com slash Starkey. 21-plus present in Pennsylvania. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. 
See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 91-58, Wake Forest with the victory against Pitt yesterday. 46-25 to was the differential in the second half. Wake Forest outscored the Panthers. Jalen Lowe had 12 points in the defeat. Panthers returned to the floor at home. 5.30 on Saturday against Virginia Tech. Our coverage right here on 93.7 The Fan begins at 5 o'clock, and you can also listen to it on your Odyssey app. Panthers are now 17-9 overall and 8-7 in the ACC, fifth place in the conference. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 93.7thefan.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. I'm a little torn here, city limits. Why's that? Well, we have two good topics. We have the Sid thing with Rossi, and then we have the quarterbacks. Why don't we do the quarterbacks top of the hour? This whole Sid uh, interview with Rossi is very, very interesting to me because I've been operating under sort of not the assumption, but with the idea that, listen, if you're going to, you can't launch a massive rebuild here because then you risk losing Crosby. And that's the number one thing that has to happen. You know, under normal circumstances, I would say, you know, move on and let's go here. Let's get to the next era at some point, you know, a massive rebuild, maybe even soon. But this is Sidney Crosby, right? And you want him here forever. That's important. That's really important to people. But what Rossi drew from his remarks and what I think you almost have to at least think about, knowing that sometimes what an athlete puts out in public isn't everything he's thinking privately, that he might be okay with that. Like, this organization has given him the coach he clearly wants and doubled down and tripled down on him, on Sully. And then when it didn't have to, it re-signed his compatriots, you know, his longtime closest teammates, Chris Letang and Gino. So you, you can't say they haven't done very right by him. 
But you also can't say they need to make every move doing what they think Sid would want or what he tells them he wants, whatever. You know, if they ask him, and I'm sure they do on big moves, the idea that he would be okay, possibly, with a rebuild, that's kind of news to me. That creates a whole world of possibilities here. You know, it's kind of like Taves and Kane staying through most of what the Blackhawks were trying to do. They eventually, you know, moved on from Kane. But it kind of reminds me of that. You know, and how long, and then I start thinking, how long would it take? And I heard Rossi talking about this too. Like, the sooner you start, the sooner you get to where you want to go, right? right? Right. And I mean, we just don't see that at all from athletes anymore. Like, it used to be a legacy type of thing. It still is for a lot of people. Crosby, it seems to be the case. Same thing with Ovechkin. Who else, other than, other than those two, in terms of stars right now, and a lot of guys still have like McDavid and Austin Matthews have a lot of time left and a lot of ways that their career can unfold and shape. But Taves, Kane, uh, and others, I mean, think about what Patrick Marlowe, all the years with the Sharks and the time that he spent away from them. It does not happen very much at all. And Sidney Crosby seems content that no matter what happens, he's won his cups. If they win again, great, fantastic. Well, that's what Rossi said, right? It's, right he's it's just okay. Yeah, it's that's okay. What, that's what Rossi said that that's the vibe that he gets from Sid. So what does that mean with Gensel then? To me, it means you can trade him and you're not going to get on Sid's wrong side here. That's what it sounds like anyway. 412-928-9370. And clearly, you know, the the, the attempt to bring in 30-somethings and keep winning that way just isn't working. You know, what could what could Gensel bring you? A really good prospect and a first-round pick, maybe? Might that be a nice little way to get things jump-started? Then you start talking about maybe trading some other veterans. I mean, obviously, it's going to be Sid, Gino, and Latang. That That's what Sid wants, no matter what. So you got to get creative and figure out another way to do it, even if it's going to be a soft rebuild. I think in some ways people will be excited about that. It beats this, doesn't it? Yeah, just this middle-of-the-pack, purgatory-like spot the Pens are in? Purgatory is a good idea for it, and or a good word for it. And I don't think anybody would begrudge Sid if he wanted to leave, if they, if they launched that kind of rebuild. Not a single person, I don't think, would like go out and win it. But as Rossi stated, he's won. He's won three cups. Like, what else, what else does he really, does he, does he, this isn't Ray Bork. He doesn't need to go out and chase the cup that he doesn't have. He's got three of those babies. Let's hear more from Rossi with the PM guys yesterday. Does the computer work yet? I think they should. Uh, I don't think they will. Um, I think that wow. the combination trading Gensel he's talking about uh, having this, you know, injury that's going to prevent him from playing through the um, trade deadline. And also, so so look, teams aren't going to get a chance to see him um, before that. Uh, you don't know what he's going to come back like. He has a he's a list of 12 teams that which he can sort of decline a trade to, which prob you know certainly limits the Penguins' options. And, he made and that then list at that point, the season, right? Just so people know that. that yes, you're. Yes, yeah, so so the way those lists work is you hand that list in and before the season. Um, now he probably put bad there teams can't on be there. An, 
you would think. Yes. Well, you, yeah, often you put teams where you don't want to go. You know, if it's a city you just don't want to go. I mean, uh, despite Connor McDavid, Edmonton ends up on a team, a lot of players list because they don't want to spend time in Edmonton. Um, Winnipeg, the same way. Um, so, look, I, 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 don't, I wouldn't say it's, you know, as strong as 80-20 that they're not going to trade them, but I think it's more 70-30 right now that they won't. Uh, we got a little bit of time left. A little bit, maybe, but not a lot. Not a lot at this point. And the other thing is, the other very real possibility, which might actually be the smartest thing to do, is trade Gensel for assets that you really don't have any other way of getting, and you certainly don't have your own. Like I said yesterday, City Limits, is Vinny Hanestroza, whatever the hell his name is, I think I'd rather have Vinny Ricicci on this <laughs> team right now. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of stale. Nobody, Pustinen had a good game last night. But, 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 you know, th- th- there's nothing coming through the system. Literally nothing. And nothing to get excited about, except maybe the goalie, uh, Bloomquist, might be a very, very interesting player for them and might put Kyle Dubas in position where I'll tell you a guy that they could get some assets for, and that's Tristan Jari. Or you go the other way and trade N- Nadalkovich. Hmm whose name I can never say right on the first try. But what about Jari? What if Kyle Dubas was playing chess and not checkers? It's a big contract. And sign, it's not that big, though. It's pretty big, but it's not a cap crippler. You know what I mean? It's not some ridiculously bloated contract. You have a chance to get pretty good goaltending from a relatively young guy for a long time if you pick up Tristan Jari. He's having a pretty good year. So that would be an interesting move. But you could always bring back Gensel was my original point. Get some assets. And then if he really wants to play with Sid and come back and be part of it, bring him back. Try to get rid of other guys, other contracts. Ryan Graves certainly comes to mind. Wow. Has that fallen apart? Anyway, let's get to the general. It's time for Starkey's card of the week. 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge Route 19 Peters Township. Celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. You can listen to this show every Wednesday to hear about Starkey's Card of the Week from the Baseball Card Castle and Cranberry Contest run every Wednesday through Friday at noon at the 937thefan.com contesting page. General, I'm trying to think. MVP of the NBA All-Star Game. I don't even know who it was. Where is the general going with the Card of the Week? You want to go first with your guest, City Limits? I'm going to say, was it Yager? Yager was last week, correct? Yeah, but you know what? I'm going to say Yager again. You just reminded me of that. And he stayed. He was at the game last night, too. He was. I'm going to say Yager, General. Gentlemen, good morning. Thanks for having me. Great guests. We nailed Yager last week. All his Penguin talks make me want to shift gears. I'm going with Paul Skeens. Ooh, I like that. Talking about the Buccos. I got a 2023 Bowman's Best Paul Skeens first card in a Pittsburgh Pirate uniform. Time to start talking about spring training. I love that one. Uh, I was reading a couple of accounts of people watching him up close in spring training. And, man, they say it's something to see. Something to see. So thank you, General. I like that one. You you optimistic this year? um, Yeah, semi-optimistic. I think if Cruz is healthy, you add 30 homers to your lineup, that's a big deal. The other thing I think to watch is, you know, there's a new rule started two years ago that 
if you keep your first-round pick in the big leagues from opening day, you get a bonus first-round pick. Mm. So I, I don't know that it's out of the possibility that Skeens would make it. I know it swims upstream with what the Pirates typically would do because they'd rather have that seventh year of control. Yeah. But I'm wondering if maybe maybe if he shows himself in spring training, if it's a little different than it's been in years past. Well, I wouldn't hold your breath on that one, but who knows? It could happen if he lights it up in spring training. If he lights it up in spring training, he should go north with the team. Well, forget about that and just think about the new premise. Would Is not getting an extra first-round pick worth three months of a bonus three months of Paul Skeens? I think it is, but there's also the distinct possibility that he needs more seasoning. Now, well, was, oh, there's I no was, doubt about that. I yeah, but reading. assuming it's Remember Gregory Polanco hit 450 in spring training, and before this was a thing, they sent him down as like they were want to do. But I'm just saying there's a new dynamic now. Maybe maybe we'll see Skeens a little sooner than we think. Thank you, General. You're welcome. Have a good week. What a wonderful man he is, City Limits, huh? He's fantastic. You know the odd thing about Paul Skeens for me? He's only thrown six innings in the minor leagues, just over six innings. Garrett Cole threw 200 before he came up. 200 minor league innings? 200 minor league innings. Paul Skeens has thrown six. I'm going to check your facts on that right now, City Limits. 200. 200 exactly in the minor leagues because he was drafted in 2011 and didn't come up until 2013. I'm checking your facts on that right now. By the way, uh, Tex in the City made a big comeback yesterday. It was was basically a lifeline yesterday. We we were either going to bury it or launch a new era of Tex in the City, and it went really well. So here's the instructions for you, the listener. As the show goes along today, you text us, 412-928-9370, the Edgar Snyder & Associates fan text line. You put your name on there, and you have a take. Could be a short take, could be a long take. We aren't, we aren't accepting questions, and no anonymous text. Somehow this has become complicated. I'm, I'm baffled by that. I truly am, because there couldn't be an easier situation I think City Limits can handle this. At the end of the show, he's going to read the best texts of the day. For example, Roger from Pitcairn says the Pirates are going to win 94 games. Something like that. That's it. And then we judge it and comment on it. may lead to a riveting conversation. I think this is pretty easy, Limits, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, now that we have a basis of what we're looking for, producer-wise, in terms of texts in the city, we got it covered. And then as far as Cole goes, I want to be very careful and point out that you were wrong. He pitched 230.1 innings, according to the baseball cube. Does that include rehab assignments and stuff like that? Oh, don't try to equivocate here, city limits. You were wrong. 2012-2013 combined, 200 innings exactly. 132 (laughs) in 2012, 68 in 2013. Okay, go look at the baseball cube. 230.1 innings. But you were generally right. I'll have to admit that. He pitched a lot of innings. I mean, a relative amount in, in the minors. I mean, he only made, what, 13 games at Bradenton right when they drafted him. Now, he, he came up and started pitching more than Skeens did right away, as I recall. 12 games in Altoona and 13 appearances in Indy. So it sounds like a lot, but really, he rocketed through the minors and was with the team by June Within a year of his of his draft day, less than a year after he was drafted, he was drafted in 2011 and didn't come up until two years later. So you're, Paul Skeens, you're talking about months. You're right about that. 
drafted in 2011. Okay, you're right about that one, City Limits. You're very gentle in how you presented it, and I appreciate that. You're welcome. And I hope the rejoins work next hour, will they? They will. He's a very confident young man. I'm curious to see how you out there in Pittsburgh are going to react to the presence, the regular presence of City Limits. He's very confident, very well-spoken, brings a younger voice, and I like him. I think you have to be confident in this business. Yeah, you don't really really get a seat here if you're a wallflower, do you? Not at all. All right, coming up, let's talk quarterbacks. Let's talk about the little birdie that told Chad Ochocinco something, and then we'll talk about the latest name that has entered the suite, uh, at least the conversation. And, you know, you get so many Steeler people who want to shoot down every single thing. Okay, so what if Mason Rudolph doesn't come back? Are, are, are we allowed to talk about the possibilities? Like, why wouldn't Russell Wilson be a possibility? To get a guy who had 26 touchdowns, eight picks, beat several good teams, and would come here for nothing. Are we allowed to talk about it? Yes, we are. We will. And the other name that has surfaced uh, just this week. Let's do that next. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. I have 57 today with sunny skies throughout the day and a low of 26. The big boy coming up at noon. That's Mark Caballi in studio sitting right in Ron's old chair. I'm going to have to text Ron a photo of that one. I'm Austin Bechtel with your fan headlines. Islanders beat the Pens last night 5-4 in overtime. Penguins are back in action on Thursday at PPG Paints Arena. Pens have lost the last two games in a row, 3-5-2 and two in the last 10. Montreal comes to town. Pens are currently seventh place in the Metro, 56 points overall. That's nine points back of Philadelphia for the final playoff spot in the Metro. Also trail the Detroit Red Wings by eight points for the second wild card in the East. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.